This is the Westlake Nation Podcast. Powered by the Westlake Shack Club. At the 20, 10, 5, touchdown! And he is into the end zone. Oh man, what a catch here! Touchdown, Westlake! And brought to you by... Austin Face and Body, Independence Title, Appliances Now, St. David's South Austin Medical Center, Hat Creek Burger Company, Hovert Auto Group, Our Way Appliances, Restore Hyper Wellness. And now, here's the latest episode of Three and Out with Tony Salazar. Well, Coach, back this week after a big home win and the first time Dripping Springs has come to Chaparral Stadium, I think it lived up to the hype. That is a very good football team, a football team that's obviously going to contend in the playoffs. They're going to make a run like they did last year. And I think when you lose your quarterback in the first game of the year, you're forced to find yourself. And I think Dripping Springs has found what they wanted to do. What are some of the things you learned about your football team by playing against that football team? We learned a lot. The competition is obviously there. That they matched um, the physicality with which you know we're accustomed to playing. That was a good you know measuring stick for us and our kids to kind of get ready for playoff type football. You know, that's a four round playoff team right there, and uh, they've done that the last couple of years. So they, they have kids that played a lot of football. And the biggest thing that stuck out to me was there's 11 starters on defense that are all seniors. Um, that's going to look a completely different you know defense next year for those guys. But this year, obviously, they're playing at a high level because they've all played together. And as I look across at, at our offensive line, you know, we have one senior up front right now i'm finding for for our young relatively speaking offensive line to go out there and you know and to match you know lock horns with, with that football team those seniors on their defensive line their linebackers uh, obviously that's the that was the strength of their defense uh, last week was their ability to, to stop the run and be physical up front and so i learned that uh, you know our offensive line is, is is still a work in progress we had some results our, our running backs didn't break loose as many times we'd like you know i think second half was obviously a different football game than the first half and and you know, our young offensive linemen are growing up, and to, to go against a senior-led defense like that and to come out and get results that second half, I think it, uh, it's only going to work and pay dividends for us as we get uh, into the playoffs and, and, you know, play other stingy run defense-type teams. We talked about the lack of success that teams have had running the ball. That is not what happened. Obviously, there's some things to work on when you have a dynamic back. And and really, we talked a lot about what Jack Tendall was able to do. It's not often that a running back uh, – kind of gets close to that 200-yard mark. But in the end, once again, we're talking about big plays, moments in the game, not an entire story of a game, moments in a game where there was lapses, opportunities to make plays that Mm -hmm. didn't get made. What you said at halftime actually kind of spoke to me when you said, I've told them all week long. This staff told them all week long. When you talk and talk and talk and when you actually see it and it's tangible how that flips the switch. We're teachers, you know, coaches are teachers, and we're trying to teach these kids the opponent's demeanor, their strengths, their weaknesses, just like we do in the classroom with teachers. And we're trying to teach these kids about life and how to be great young men and and great student athletes. And along the way, we try to tell them, let's try to learn from others' mistakes. Let's not have to go out there and make that mistake ourselves just so it can be validated what somebody told you was going to be the outcome. Let's not make a mistake when we know that the outcome is not what we want. Somebody's already done that before. You know, we've had teams make mistakes before in years past in our program. We tried to lean back on some of those stories. We're trying to learn from previous experiences. And so all week long, like I mentioned, you know, we, we mentioned these guys, hey, we have something to go off from last year. It's the same thing. We went to a, a, a hostile environment with a hungry football team, uh, and they hung with us, you know, for three quarters until we put them away in the fourth quarter. And it's every single week you try to find a motivation, motivation to, to, to get them, you know, excited about playing the game. We're trying to make these guys go out there and respect the opponent before the opponent hits them in the mouth. 
all last week, hey guys, guys they're going to come out. They're going to come out fired up. They're going to come out with an intent. They're going to have a small belief because they hung out, hung around with us for three quarters last year. They're second place finisher in this league last year. These guys were regional finalists until the last play of a game last year and could have been state semifinalists. This is what we're talking about, a good football team. And, and obviously, and I don't think it was a, a lack of a disrespect. I think it was they made the first play. Right. They made the big first play. It was the 71-yard run, and you take that 71 yards off of that big rushing total, it's it's more human-like. They made the play early. We didn't. There was an opportunity for us to make a play. We didn't. They did. We came back and made another play on fourth and one to, to go play action pass on a big jumbo heavy set that we, we hadn't seen yet. And this is what I tell our kids every single week, you know, everybody's shots, plays that they've been saving up all year long, they run them against us. And so for us just to kind of miss those two opportunities, the opportunity to, to make a tackle on a 7-1-yard run, and then to miss the opportunity on, obviously, that play-action pass, we allowed them to, to be in the football game. I wish our kids would have, um, you know, come out a little bit better. We would have got that three and out like we wanted, got the ball back on offense, and it could have been a different kind of start to that football game. But I challenged them, but they were already challenging themselves at halftime. They, they knew what had to be done, and they came out, to, and they, they righted their wrong, and they played a much better, much more clean second half. On all three phases, offense was better, defense was better, special teams obviously were special. And that's all you can ask for, really, and we've talked long and hard about this over the years, where it's don't get caught up in the fact that the half that you just played has to continue into the second half. You can actually stop this. And you said it on Tuesday, good teams have coaches and captains telling them, this is what we need to do, this are our expectations. But great teams have each other telling them, the entire team. Nobody listening to this is is inside that locker room with y'all, Coach. So you don't see the kids talking with one another. You don't see them communicating with each other about, hey, let's do this, let's do this. And the coach is kind of in the background saying, okay, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? And I go back to what Ty Ingram Iser said a few weeks ago. It's a collaborative effort, and that collaborative effort is what we saw in the second half. The ability to come out and immediately make a statement, get that first drive, three plays in the end zone, and here we go. Set the tone for the second half and completely forget about everything that happened in the first half. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the biggest drives of the year for us. There's no doubt coming at halftime, and they worked so hard to get that 14-7 to lead, and, and, and they enjoyed it all for about a, you know, a halftime you know, a minute and a half into the second half where it's tie ball game. And now we're we're back to feeling good. Guys are believing. We're no longer trailing. You know, now it's just let's see if we can kind of get this thing rolling and, and see if we can't, you know, put this thing away. And what a, what a big drive for our offense in, in that moment to go down there and kind of answer that bell the second half. Defense continue to find ways to get the ball back to the offense. And then, I mean, heck, everybody in the world saw it if they didn't. Uh, you know, we have one of the most talented specialists uh, in the state of Texas, and that's Judson Crockett, and those two block punts that he had in that football game were, uh, were game changers and obviously gave us a bunch of momentum. Both of them set up opportunities to score, but obviously none probably bigger than the second one, which led to a Heath McCree uh, scoop and score and uh, put us up kind of by two scores, you know, with probably seven minutes left in the game somewhere in there, and now things are a little bit more comfortable, and we're not one play away from, you know, being tied up or going for two and maybe getting your tail beat. We talk about game-changing plays on the goal. Board. It's a reality. It's tangible when you say, what is a game-changing play? And I think a lot of us think of the most devastating play in football is a pick six. But arguably, one of the most devastating plays in a big game is a play on special teams that leads to a score. And Westlake not only had one, they had two. You know, you can brag on Judson Crockett all you want. You know, I think of the speed of Heath McCree. I think both myself and Ricky Doyle in the booth said, the second he picks that up, no one's catching him. So it was really that defining moment of the football game that said in all three phases of the game, Westlake did not have to play their 
best game from first to fourth quarter to win, but they did in these moments on special teams where the work that goes into special teams really shows up. It becomes the difference in a ball game. I'd be remiss if I didn't take this opportunity to to tell this whole world about you know what an awesome job that our our special teams coordinator Blake Dunham does with our kids, and it's um, you know he's got an infectious personality fully invested and he's all in with special teams and the kids can feel it it's an infectious mentality when it comes to how you can impact a football game with your specialists and we've built that culture for the last few years and then obviously we've been putting the word special into those special teams and making game-changing plays and you know typically speaking joe most people teams they get punts blocked it's a it's a recipe for disaster and most times when you get a punt block you lose the football game and so for us, like you said, to, to get that twice in a game, these are the type of plays that uh, can create momentum, field position, and obviously lead to scoring uh, opportunities um, if we do score on special teams or gives the ball back to the offense with great field position. So two dynamic things. You know, the, the first one was, was schemed up, obviously, for the – for the week they had a plan they came and executed their plan a little bit and, and kind of kept knocking us off our punt block and we went in halftime and, and coach dunham and went to work we talked with the kids communicate and came up with, a, with another game plan to kind of counter their first half move and that's when you saw the big time block happen there in the fourth quarter and it's a tremendous job by, by those kids but more importantly coach dunham's doing an outstanding job of getting those kids uh, put them in the right spot and allowing our players to go make plays on to austin high where life under bernard riley in year two is a little different because, you know, we always go into this with the idea that obviously Austin High is one of those teams like Del Valley, like Aikens, that's always kind of competing at the bottom end of the district, that it's got these monster programs in Central Texas that are state-ranked. But this year, they're seven points away from being 5-2 and two coming into this game. This is a team that is much improved. This is a team that has played in some tight games and has been in games late. You take away some of their, you know, obviously the loss to Stony Point, you take away the loss to Dripping Springs, and every game was within a touchdown, and most of them are within three points, and when it comes to Johnson, within one point with a chance to win the game. Two district wins, they have been competitive. What do you see? Because what I think a lot of people see is the defensive effort is there. Right. I mean, there's a much improved Austin High team from last year. I think uh, Coach brought in some some veteran you know, coordinators that uh, really shored up the defense. They really shored up the offense. You know, they got two quarterbacks that they rotate in and out. They, they trust both to, to do some things. And, you know, going back to their defense, like you said, they're sound. They're lined up correctly. There's no glaring pre-snap weakness where you should be able to attack because they're misaligned. And that's no disrespect, but that's there's been a case at once upon a time and or, or just a physical mismatch that we might try to exploit. You don't see that. They got some height. They got some size. They've been in the weight room. They're at the right place at the right time, like you said. And for the last couple of years, they've been averaging probably giving up 40-something points a game and, and now like you said they're right there on the mid 20 point and it's keeping them in every ball game and it's giving their offense a chance obviously to score enough points to, to go out there and have a chance to win the fourth quarter so uh, hats off to them you know they're they're a much improved football team and obviously for us that's that's a good thing too because we got to keep continue to get better ourselves when we have better competition every single week obviously that forces us to make sure that we stay at our peak performance and that we continue to evolve and develop, continue to make plays as this season goes on, build depth in our team. They have our kids' attention. You know, there's enough plays on video to show, hey, these guys are totally capable of scoring, you know, at will. These guys are good enough at stopping you offense if we don't come out there and play our physical game and execute and take what they give us. And so that's the plan today. We go out there and, and, and try to put all of our personnel on the field to line up across from theirs, and, and hopefully our, our guys are a little better than theirs. I think you have the opportunity to see the growth, and we talk about growth being a not just a week-to-week, game-to-game, but 
practice to practice, weight room, therapy, recovery, all of these things build and build and build to being a hopefully a great football team at the end of the season. And I think that all stems from how we've seen the improvement when asked to do things that maybe they're not so comfortable doing, they do it and they start to succeed. When asked to run the football last week, Reese Wise answered the bell. It was very similar, almost eerily similar, how effective the running quarterback scheme from a year ago worked as well as it did. That's a game where you look at, hey, that's grown men on defense attacking everything that that normally works well for Westlake. You know, Kirk Rogers had that plan going in. It was very, very clear that that was a big, big part of why Westlake was so successful a year ago and why they were successful on Friday night. Yeah, obviously, we needed uh, the extra blocker. You know, they had a bunch of guys in the box down there, and they're, they're talented linebackers that quickly exchange with all of our pulls and gap schemes and zones or running sideline to sideline. So when you run your quarterback, you can use your tailback, obviously, as an as a additional blocker. And so, obviously, there was some some read game in there where they're, they're trying to take away our running back read, which is typically where we hand the football. And so now that they take away the running back read, our quarterback pulls the football. Young sophomore quarterback did an outstanding job last week of taking care of the ball, number one. Uh, we didn't have any turnovers, so that, that's a big plus. And then number two was obviously... He ran with a purpose, uh, ran behind his pads. You know, there were some some big chunk yardage there. The, the first touchdown of the third quarter we talked about was probably about a 19-yard quarterback power that he ran up the middle. And, you know, probably a lot of people thought we'd been tackled about 10 yards short, but continued to run behind his pads and, and, and ran hard and got in the end zone. So it obviously brings a dimension to our football team that we like. Whatever the defense is telling us to do is what we're going to do. And, you know, we saw it the week before against Anderson. We kind of knew going that game they're going to give us some – they're going to load the box and it's going to be throwing the ball. He threw for five touchdowns. And then this week it was going to be they're loading the box, they're going to stop the run, but we're still going to play our physical game and we're still going to run the football. And so when they took away our running back, obviously their quarterback gets in the mix and, and was a great changeup for us so they couldn't just sit there and sell out on our running back and it obviously came back to, to help us in the long stretch. Final thought, Coach. When you have a performance like that against Dripping Springs and obviously you go into a game and a stretch of games that – Westlake is favored to win. The message cannot change, and I'm interested to know what that message is. And I know that it it is not unusual to be in this three-game stretch, but I think you said it on Friday night after the game was over. After all of the emotion and after all of the celebration is over, we still have three games. That We still have three games in front of us. If we want the district title on our own, we've got to go take it. And I think that mindset of having that 30,000-foot goal, that program goal of winning a district championship, I think that keeps everybody laser-focused. That's it. You know, that's the that's the first task, you know, that uh, we got to check off. And it takes three more games to get that done. And obviously, we put ourselves in a great position here to control our own destiny. If we win these next three games, they're going to hand us that trophy, and it's going to say Westlake Chevrolet's district champions, 26-6A. And that's what our kids want. We don't want to share a thing with anybody. We want to go out there and say that, uh, you know, this football team earned, you know, the, the right to, to, to be this district champion we're proud of that because of the level of competition in this district there's great football teams in it there's teams that are going to be playing a lot of playoff football and so to come out of the regular season with your regular body of work a a district championship season that's uh, that's objective a around here we're going to continue to work towards that uh, continue to try to obviously build some depth here the next couple weeks we want to be peaking here in november december we don't want to be peaking you know in august and september so that month's coming around the corner we're a couple weeks away there's going to be only really really good teams left at that point in time when we get to november and we got to be playing our best football we can't be digressing We've got to continue to evolve. We've got to continue to develop. We've got to continue to execute in all three phases. Coach, as always, thanks for the time and good luck. Yeah, thank you, Joe. You've been listening to the Westlake Nation podcast. Stay tuned as we bring you new episodes each week. The Westlake Nation podcast is powered by the Westlake Shaft Club and part of the Westlake Nation media network. This is Westlake Nation.